Welcome to the Dildorks Dorky Discourse on Sex, Dating, and Masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and I've had a lot of phone sex, but I have not been paid for most of it. Uh, <laughs> my co-host this week is out, and I am joined instead by a guest and friend of the show. My guest today is a phone sex operator, as well as a consultant who teaches other phone sex providers how to make more money in that industry. Her name is Sage Monroe. Hi, Sage. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. We've talked about phone sex a bunch on this show in the context of like me being in a long distance relationship because it's just how I have most of the sex that I have for the last few years. <laughs> but we have barely talked about it in like a sex work professional context. So I'm, I'm excited to ask a bunch of my curious questions about you and what you do. Mm -hmm. First thing I'm wondering is how did you get involved with phone sex and how long have you been doing it for? Well, oh man. Okay. So I've been like having phone sex professionally for about three or four years now. Um, I've always kind of did phone sex, you know, ever since I got a cell phone, <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of, I just kind of like went right into it, but with phone sex professionally how I got into it really was I was trying to do like cam work and different sorts of um, online sex work avenues and I just wasn't really flourishing and then one day I was like phone sex I found it through like some adult website on like how to make money. And I was like, let me try Let me try my hand at that. I've, <laughs> I've done it unprofessionally before. It shouldn't be that hard. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love to know more about that. Like as someone who had done it on a non-professional basis, like what were the main differences that you noticed? Why was it harder? Well, I think the main difference is when you're doing phone sex professionally, instead of and for me personally, instead of it being kind of like, oh, we're going to mutually both have fun and we're both going to get off from this. It's more of a, I have someone that I want to get off because they're calling me because they want to get off. Me getting off isn't really, you know, anything that needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I find that professionally speaking with phone sex, I, it's just that kind of wall of professionalism where I don't participate sexually outside of providing a service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the questions that we got from a listener in our discord was about how you figured out what your personal like boundaries and limits are around not only stuff like that, but also like kinks that you won't do or anything like that. And I'm wondering like, is that a trial and error process or was there stuff that you like knew right off the top that you didn't want to do? Like, how did you figure out your limits? Well, the first time I started phone sex, I went through a website that had very relaxed rules mm -hmm. for the people who called in, like they could discuss things that weren't necessarily legal mm. and um, they could discuss it because it was a fantasy. Right. And so they got away with saying a lot of awful and crazy things and um when I realized that I also realized, oh my gosh, I have to find my boundaries very quickly. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's like trial and error, but a lot of it was what things would I not want to discuss, even if I was like sitting across from a friend. Mm -hmm. 
And I started there and I looked at like, what are my personal boundaries when I discuss kinks? Like what are things that just absolutely know that squick me out? And those things I just decided right off the bat, I'm not going to do. But um, usually I'm actually game for anything as long as it doesn't break break our terms of service for our website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of, I used to work at a LGBT phone line for peer support and, you know, obviously very different kind of thing. But we would have callers sometimes who would call in and would try on purpose to make the operators like uncomfortable mm-hmm. and uh and that was evidently like a kink for them and that environment was very supportive in terms of like if you got a call that made you uncomfortable like you could like take a break take a walk talk to somebody about it how do you handle it if you have a client who makes you uncomfortable how do you sort of take care of yourself or seek care after that happens um so and when i do phone sex i'm a dominatrix mm-hmm. I do professional dominating. And so when something comes up that makes me uncomfortable, I kind of immediately say, if it's breaking the terms of service, I'll say, hey, you know, we can't discuss that. That's against the terms of service. But if they push, then I usually just end the call. Mm -hmm. I will hang up because I find that with professional phone sex operating you have to have clear boundaries if you tell someone hey no I don't like this or this is kind of not something I want to discuss and they push you to do it most likely they're going to push you to do things that make you uncomfortable they're going to push you to ask for like your your real name or your phone number or ways they can contact you off the website and you have to be able to say like really clearly no and sometimes you know you don't get to that no soon enough and you end up getting triggered a little bit and in those cases I find myself really just needing to turn my line off step away from the computer and reach out to my little group of phone sex operator friends Mm. Uh, me and the phone hoes we have a group (laughs) chat and I'll just like message and be like guys listen to what the fuck just happened (laughs) that's so great yeah that really helps it it's very helpful to have like um a network um and peers around you who can talk to you through those like difficult moments um when you have like uncomfortable conversations with a client Mm -hmm. that's so great to have community like that yeah we've been talking about some of the sort of challenges of the job but I would love to hear also about like, what do you find most fun or enjoyable about doing the job? Oh, yes. So I'm a financial dominatrix and I find um, that being able to exercise that control over people's finances to be a lot of fun. I personally love money. I mean, who doesn't? (laughs) You need it to survive in this capitalistic hellscape. (laughs) Um. But I find that like when I get to really take control and I get to do a little bit more than just say, hey, tribute, I get to do things that say that like, mm, I get to say, hey, let's budget your whole month. (laughs) You have this much for you and this much for me. And really watching my submissives grow into trusting me to do that is a lot of fun. 
I have fun with just so many just different kinks. Uh, I like hypno and I get a lot of hypno clients. Mm. So, I mean, I can't think of a thing that's not fun about this job outside of the occasional client that will push your boundary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to talk to you more about the hypno stuff now because we have so many listeners who are into hypno stuff. (laughs) Um, It seems like that kink has gotten much more popular in the last few years. Like it feels like it's growing exponentially. Uh, What have you enjoyed about doing hypno? Oh my gosh, it has grown tremendously from when I even started just a couple of years ago. With hypno, I enjoy so much about it. Um, I'm a psych major in my vanilla life. Mm. And so I don't know, things about the brain always just like interest me. So hypno kind of just, I naturally just kind of went into it and leaned into it. Um, With doing hypno on the phone though, it's a lot more audio based, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I find that with my clients, I really need to be able to help them get into a submissive headspace in order to do the actual hypno session correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you do that? If you don't mind sharing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do conversational hypnosis, though. Sometimes I do like to do like the um, different induction methods and Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, So for me, usually I just get them on the phone and I start by telling them to relax, just like completely relax your body. And then I will lead them with my voice. And like I have a sex phone operator voice. (laughs) And I'll lead them and I'll be like, okay, now I want want you to like let all the tension in your body out and as you talk I like to draw out my words and I find that when you draw out your words and you you kind of have an even tone it gets somebody easily into a relaxed headspace especially if you're guiding them through the relaxation process Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I love doing hypno stuff on the phone, too, because I feel like the fact that you only have that one sense to go off of, like, really makes you listen harder, which seems to help with putting people into trance. And yeah, you can, like, play around Mm -hmm. with vocal tone. And yeah, it's really fun. Oh, yeah. And it even gets better, like, when um, my clients, like, um, request audios from me. Mm. So um, one of the things I can offer on the phone site that I'm on is a... a goodie bag where they can listen to an audio and mp3 or like a video and I can like layer sounds so I can like whisper in the mic on one ear and it comes out the other ear it's so cool (laughs) awesome I noticed on your website that you use the term adult phone actress and I think that that's really interesting because like of course yeah there's definitely like acting and performance involved in it but I wondered if you could speak a little to your decision to use that phrase rather than phone sex operator? Um, I use adult phone actress for two different reasons. One, because I kind of am worried always about getting my site taken down Mm. because it's about phone sex. So I figure if I, you know, sprinkle in adult phone actress, Mm -hmm. it's not as likely to get taken down. And also I find that there is a a big level of acting in, in doing phone sex. I have a fully fleshed out character 
looks nothing like me. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like me. And she is, uh, she's just a little firecracker. <laughs> but <laughs> I find that having to put on like a performance and doing that makes me want to use the word actress even more. Also, it just sounds like it's easier to tag in like the algorithm on like TikTok and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I feel like almost every time we've had a sex worker on the show to talk about it, one of the things that's come up is like persona and like authenticity and how sometimes if you're like too charming and personable, like clients think that it's real. And like in some sense it is real, but they think that, you know, you're building an actual um, non-transactional relationship as well. And mm -hmm. uh, I think actress maybe does some heavy lifting there to like <laughs> remind them that, you know, there's some distance there. I mean, yeah, you'd be shocked <laughs> by how many men go to a phone sex operating site and look for dating. Mm. <laughs> so it's really important to kind of put that distance in there. And that's a big part of why I say like I act because my character, she is very personable. She's great, but she has her own life. She has a completely separate life than mine. I'll say she's in like Dubai riding camels. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm at home eating Cheez-Its in my shorts. <laughs> but it just, it one build, it reminds me that, hey, this is a job. Mm -hmm. And it reminds them, if I use the term phone sex operator or phone actress, it reminds them I'm here for a job. Mm -hmm. Yep, that makes sense. Um, you mentioned about men calling phone sex operators trying to date them or whatever. And <laughs> I wondered, like, how much of your business is clients who seem to be looking more for like an emotional connection or like companionship rather than just sex stuff? Ooh, actually a great deal. Mm -hmm. a great deal I like to make a joke that um even though I want to be a therapist and that's what I'm getting my degree in I'm already there <laughs> <laughs> I'm already there because I find that a lot of the times these clients they do want a connection they want to be chosen I was just talking to um, my fiance who also does phone sex about it and you know we meant we were talking about how men they just want to feel chosen sometimes and with phone sex operating it builds this fantasy sometimes that you're being chosen um you are the only thing that is on this person's mind and i find that with being a phone sex operator i want my client to feel that they have that emotional connection because they do, you know, as much as like there is a distance between us, I genuinely want them to leave our conversation feeling, wow, that was great. Because one, I, I have a high rate. I, sometimes my rate is $9 and 99 cents a minute. And, um, and sometimes it's as low as $2 and 20 cents a minute, mm -hmm. but no matter what it's at, I 
realize somebody is paying per minute to talk to me. Mm-hmm. So therefore they should get the attention that they need and a level of service and professionalism. Yeah. Yeah. I find this really interesting. Like when I've done forms of online sex work, it's been really strange for me to notice like the qualities of those relationships, because I think I assumed I would have a much easier time just viewing them as transactional, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're human. And sometimes I do feel some sense of emotional connection, even if I wouldn't like, you know, talk to that person outside of that transactional Mm -hmm. environment. And so like, I feel bad when people want more from me that I'm not (laughs) offering. Um, But that's part of the gig is like, you know, not only managing their feelings about it, but managing your own feelings about it. Absolutely. And um, it's funny you say managing your own feelings about it. Um, I find that sometimes with phone sex operating, it's really easy to kind of get tangled into this like emotional web of feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, sometimes you, you take things personally. Sometimes if a client doesn't call you back again, mm. after you feel you've had a really great conversation, you like, send, like, you wonder like, did I do something wrong? Right. Like what was up? But a lot of the times there is just, there is an emotional distance that needs to be had because you can't take everything personally. It, it'll destroy you as a phone sex operator, honestly. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, if you find yourself feeling guilty because you can't give more of yourself, you give so much already. You know, you give when you're on the phone, as easy as it can be, you have to pay attention. You have to be actively on. Your brain has to be actively on. I have really bad ADHD. So I have to be paying attention. I'll take notes during a conversation Mm -hmm. just to make sure that I always catch what I need to catch. And, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think note-taking is a really good idea. I had like a online sex work gig where there was like a built-in like note-taking system, um, because it's, you're, you are trying to establish those connections sometimes in the long term and, uh, yeah, you want people to feel like you remember them and like what their deal is and it helps you provide a better service. And yeah, I think that's great. It really does. (laughs) Um, And you've spoken before about having disabilities and mental health struggles. And uh, I think one thing we have in common that's pretty big is that we've both had to majorly adapt our careers to fit like what our bodies and brains are capable of. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear about like how phone sex compares to other jobs you've had in terms of being disability friendly. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start with phone sex has changed the game of work for me. Um, I I have only really been employed with vanilla jobs. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I notice is the difference is I work when I want to work there will be days where I won't turn my line on because I won't feel well. Does that affect my scores on the website? Yes, but it's an option. You know, I can, I can have ADHD and realize um, I can't work right now and I can step away without penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, I can make as much money as I want to make in a day and then say, Oh, I've earned a day off and I can take that day off. Phone sex has given me, 
an, an enormous amount of freedom to do what I need to do and to be able to handle my mental health, be able to say, I need a break today, be able to do things like schedule a therapy appointment in the middle of the day if I need to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just really changed the way I operate and the way I view work because it made me realize that a lot of these nine to five jobs don't give a fuck about you. Mm -hmm. They want you to clock in. They want you to do your job. They want you to clock out and fair. Okay, fine, whatever. But it's not, it's not helpful to me as a person who needs accommodations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And this point has been made a lot, but a lot of times people say that sex work is exploitative and it's just there are so many vanilla jobs that are so deeply exploitative and so deeply like my last job I was let go because I needed to have mental health care Mm -hmm. and that was just ridiculous to me but you know a lot of vanilla jobs are just as if not way more exploitative than phone sex or any type of sex work Yep, totally. You mentioned a few minutes ago that your fiance does phone sex too. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like it's a common question for sex workers of like, do you have a partner and like, how do they feel about it? So <laughs> I'm wondering like, what's what that is like to be with someone who is doing the same thing as you. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Like we bond over the fact that... <laughs> clients are just fucking crazy sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you know, I find that like she really is supportive and she understands like if I'm like touched out even though there's no touching involved mm-hmm. like if I'm like on the phone and I get off the phone and I've just been dealing with horny dudes all day and I don't necessarily feel horny. She'll be like, oh, no, that's understandable. I, know, <laughs> I, I get what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Come eating instructions. Do that to me, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I find it to be just like really great to have uh, a fiance who does phone sex operating. Like we both get our bag and we both complain about the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. What kind of equipment do you need? to get started like you know obviously a phone uh actually that maybe not even obviously because I know some people do it online without having like an actual phone in various ways but like what is your what is your setup so for me really all I need is my phone um and a headset a bluetooth headset um that has a microphone attached to it because one you can have clear audio and um, clearer like microphone so they can hear you better mm-hmm. and two you can do other things while you're on the phone like <laughs> paste the apartment or fold <laughs> laundry yeah um some people would say that you need your computer because you you know note taking things like that but not really if you have a tablet or even just your phone <laughs> you can make it work until you can expand your um your equipment yeah, that's so cool that you can be doing other stuff while you're doing it. Like, not only because then you can get that other stuff done, but like also I just like doing stuff while I'm having conversations sometimes. I feel like it helps me think better. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
you can't really like if you were doing like an in-person sex work situation like obviously you couldn't just be like doing other stuff (laughs) no you can't just like say i need to fold the laundry while we talk no you can't do that (laughs) um that actually relates to one of my questions which was about like why do you think phone sex is still so prevalent and people are still so drawn to it in an era where, you know, there's cam shows, there's OnlyFans. Like, I feel like there's a perception sometimes that phone sex is a bit old fashioned or old school or retro, uh, mm-hmm. but evidently it's still a booming business. Like, why do you think people are still drawn to it? That's a really good question. And I think part of what draws people to it is the anonymity. Mm is being able to be completely anonymous and talk to somebody and get that one-on-one connection without even having to put any of your information out there. You can really let go and enjoy your kinks, I think. And that entices people, in my opinion, to want to do phone sex, who to want to call phone sex operators, or to at least be curious about what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The anonymity, like both for the clients and for the operators. Like, mm-hmm. I think that it, it reminds me of uh, old school, like peep shows or even like glory holes that there's like this, you know, culture of anonymity around it. And that makes a lot of oh, sense yeah. when people are talking about their their private taboo fantasies. Oh, yeah. And... I feel like it's really interesting that phone, like you say that, because like phone sex always to me was something that was like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But no, it is very much, it's it's a booming business. And even I'm shocked sometimes by how booming it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get asked about it a lot in the context of my relationship because people will be like, oh, I assume that you have like a lot of like Zoom sex or like FaceTime sex and I'm like not really like we've done it but like really we're mostly audio only and part of it for me is like I just don't want to be looked at for that long (laughs) like you know (laughs) if we're in person I can sort of forget that someone's looking at me I guess but like if we're on camera I'm just I I can't stop scrutinizing my own face and body and like (laughs) it's just exhausting and I just really like the phone as a medium for sexuality Mm -hmm. I mean it's it's a good medium and there's something about being on the phone especially if it's like phone sex that you want to be having Mm -hmm. something about being on the phone and hearing their voice really clear and it picking up every little detail of their breathing pattern it's really nice I have a question that's a bit more personal how has the types of phone sex that you have impacted your personal sexuality like is there much overlap there in terms of what you're into I, oh my goodness, that's a good question. I feel like the only way it's really impacted me is sometimes I just don't feel like have like talking sex, having sex. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, nothing sexual because I deal with sex all day. Right. Um, But it's also helped me become more confident in Mm -hmm. myself because in my head, I'm like, oh my God, I can get guys off and make $10,000 in a month getting guys off. Um, I'm good at what I do. <laughs> yes, I am that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's like on one hand, like 
sometimes I am like sexed out and I'm like, no, I don't want to talk about sex. I hear about sex. Don't touch me. (laughs) But sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I very much relate to that. I think even doing what I do now in like sex journalism, there are days where I'm just like, I just don't want to think about sex anymore. And uh, for me, like some things that have helped with that are like, if I want to connect with my partner intimately, but not have sex exactly, like sometimes we might do kink stuff that's like not explicitly sexual, Mm -hmm. masochistic stuff or whatever. And then the other thing for me is like reconnecting with what turns me on because I feel like so often when I'm making content of any kind I'm just thinking about like what other people want to read or hear about mm-hmm. and I have to tap back into like what are my fantasies like what do I think is hot and like not care about how that's being perceived and that helps me oh absolutely and I find that not scrutinizing your kinks also to be helpful because like sometimes when you're um, on the phone you have to dissect people's kinks because they like that mm-hmm. um so sometimes it makes it easy for you to go oh my gosh what about my kinks <laughs> <laughs> but I find like not dissecting your own kinks can make it a lot easier to fall back into enjoying sex mm-hmm. yeah because there's some things that you like and there's not necessarily just like a logical explanation for it or whatever. exactly You had mentioned when I asked you if there was anything in particular you wanted to talk about, you mentioned the phrase unspoken power dynamics. And I can think of a lot of things that that might mean, but I'm curious what you meant by that. So I like to say that um, there should always be a power dynamic between a sex worker and her client or in their client. Mm -hmm. And the power dynamic is the sex worker is always in charge. (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're the professional that makes sense to me exactly I mean and I think it's important that I really um I really wanted to say that with phone sex operating it's really easy to lose that power dynamic Mm. because like you can get flustered and go oh my gosh what do I do what do I say next um or you can just just not know what to say and that power dynamic starts to slip. But um, the there's this like, un, it should be an unspoken power exchange, but sometimes you have to put your foot down and say, hey, I'm in charge, I'm the boss, and you're here to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a situation where the operator is a submissive operator, there is still that power dynamic where the operator should always be in charge and should always have the upper hand. Hmm. Yeah, you had mentioned submissive operators as well, and I find professional submissives very fascinating in in any medium. Um, is that something mm-hmm. that you've ever like been drawn to or like experimented with, or were you just like all dom all the time? Um, I experimented with being a submissive on um, with um, phone sex, and I found it was not for me because I could not keep that power dynamic in place. Mm. Um, and I found that men were very very disrespectful and they were very crass and they assumed that submissive meant quote unquote fuck meat mm. and I'm like no nah, that's not that's not what we're that's not exactly what we're doing <laughs> yeah I think we might need to rewind <laughs> <laughs> um but like you I found that being a submissive I got treated more like that 
And that is what actually made me realize I just wanted to do domination because of the way I was being perceived by um, clients and how they treated me. Yeah, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but I'm glad that you like figured some stuff out about, you know, what you wanted to do. I feel like a lot of times the more you were mentioning about anonymity being like something that draws people to phone sex. And I feel like that's also one of the things that makes it easier for people to be horrible. Like we see this online as well. Like it's just like when you're disembodied to them and they're also disembodied, it's like they just feel like they can just say whatever and it's like would you say that to a stranger in the street like that's horrible right they will say absolutely anything and I'm just like um sir I am still a person please can you take your dick out your hand for five minutes and think about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're not just like a fantasy dispenser you're a human being exactly I'm not like your orgasm button as much as you think I am I'm not (laughs) We've talked about a bunch of the sort of common misconceptions about phone sex. Are there any other misconceptions that you hear a lot that you want to clear up? That phone sex isn't sex work. (laughs) Mm. Um, Phone sex is definitely sex work. The name, the word sex is in the title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I find that there's this misconception that just because you're not like showing your body or, and even sometimes you are, but if you're not like showing your body and you're not in person or whatever the case may be that you're not really doing a sex work, but phone sex is sex work. And I think a big misconception is that we're doing it just because we just love to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And while we can just love to do it, we're doing it because there's money involved and we get paid to do it. Mm -hmm. It's a job. And there's this misconception that we're just a bunch of nymphomaniacs who just want to just get people off on the phone just because. (laughs) And that's just definitely not it. Yeah, I think um, I've also encountered people talking shit about like online sex work and various other forms that are like not deemed sex work enough. And it's like, I think we can acknowledge like there's different, you know, risks and obviously different activities involved in different types, but like they're all under the same umbrella. Mm -hmm. And also like, Dirty talk is such a particular skill where like there may be plenty of people who are like posting pictures on OnlyFans who don't have the dirty talk skill at all. And maybe they have the photography skill and know how to like pop their booty in the pictures, but it's like they're not going to like be good at the dirty talk side of the things. And there's just like a whole bunch of different skills that people can have under that umbrella. And that sucks mm-hmm. that people would write that off. Exactly. Dirty talking is definitely a skill. It's a lot more than, you know, getting on the phone and saying, Ooh, yeah, I am wearing this. (laughs) It's a lot of getting into people's heads, understanding immediately within like three minutes, what a person wants Mm. and catering to that and uncovering it more. So you can find more things to dirty talk about. It's like, it's definitely an art for an art form. Yeah. And I imagine that your psychology background helps with that. And one of the listener questions we got was about clients wanting to jump right in to BDSM stuff or dirty talk, like before you've had the opportunity to like figure out what they even want exactly, or like what their limits might be. Like, how do you handle that? Um, So that definitely happens (laughs) more times than not. (laughs) 
Um, and the way I handle it is I usually just say, um, right off the bat, I, I find that it helps to have a script almost mm. for the beginning of a conversation. And usually for me, that script is something like, hi, um, goddess blank speaking. How can I help you today? Um, and they'll say, oh, hi, goddess. I want to serve you by getting on my knees and then right off there, like, okay, they're submissive because they want to serve. And so it's a game of breadcrumb questions, really. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, you want to serve me? So how do you want to serve me? Oh, you want to serve me by worshiping my feet. So you want to kiss my feet? So you're into feet. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you kind of just piece together things Mm -hmm. as they talk and um, really that's part of why it's an art form is having to extract that information when somebody calls you and they're ready to just go hard and heavy right immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when someone is good at that, I imagine that it feels magical. Like it feels like they're like reading your mind or they know you so well somehow. And I've noticed even in the little sex work that I've done that there are certain clusters of desires that sort of go together where like sometimes if someone's into feet, they, you know, might be submissive and they might want you to step on them or like various things that are sort of like related or adjacent to that. And I always found Mm -hmm. it fun to sort of make an educated guess about something that someone might be into based on what they'd already said. And when it's right, it's just like, oh, you feel so magic and (laughs) powerful. You really do. You're like, yeah, I knew it. I knew you were, uh, (laughs) you you were into getting stepped on. I knew that. (laughs) Another listener question from our Discord was about, does it ever get boring? And like, how do you keep it fresh? Oh, man, does it get boring? Oh, it definitely gets boring. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes the boring part is carrying the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Surprisingly, that is where it gets boring. It's, It's not hard to keep it fresh because every person that calls you, even if they've called you repeatedly, they it's easy to come up with like a new scenario mm-hmm. that you want to just toy with, with them because calls can range from um, anywhere from like 15 minutes to an hour. That's the sweet spot. But I've had conversations as long as three to four hours. Mm. Um, But I find that keeping it interesting and keeping it fresh is hard when I have to carry the conversation up a hill with wolf at my feet. carrying a boulder like it's sometimes that's the hardest part sometimes is when you get on the phone and you're talking to someone and they're not talking yeah (laughs) and I imagine oftentimes with phone sex that's because they're touching themselves but sometimes and sometimes they're not sometimes you're just like I'm so nervous and you're like okay calm down (laughs) don't be nervous I'm not gonna bite you that too like too hard calm down yeah I find it so exhausting having to carry a conversation too like this is one of the things that makes me not want to (laughs) date like even sometimes I'm like I I should really get back into that and then I'm like but uh, I find especially men they just have not been socially conditioned I think to do these little things that keep a conversation going like even to ask you back the same question that you just asked them or whatever Oh, absolutely. You would be shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that's that's part of the gig. It really is. And honestly, 
I love it. I, I, you know, as much as I complain about phone sex sometimes to my friends, it's so much fun. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's, it's great. And it's changed my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that leads in nicely to the consulting work that you're doing. Uh, could you tell me a little bit about like getting into teaching folks about phone sex and what that's been like for you? Oh, it's been, it's been great. Absolutely. Um, so the first time I started phone sex, I flopped, I flopped hard. (laughs) No money was made. (laughs) The second time I put my, I really put my nose to the books. I studied what I needed to do. I looked, I figured it out and I created like this method and system. And I tried this method and system with different characters and different listings and every time I followed it or every time I followed the advice that I would give somebody that I would give somebody if I had somebody to give advice to, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I had success, wild success. My first year of phone sex operating, I started in the middle of the year and by month four or five, I had made over $30,000. Wow. Nice. Yeah. And, um, what got me into consulting with other people is I was on Twitter and um, someone was like saying, Hey, does anybody here know about phone sex operating? I have a podcast and I just have some questions. And I was like, Oh, I know something is about phone sex operating. (laughs) I'm a phone sex operator. So I went to them and they were like, well, I really want to also get into it. Do you have any advice for me? And I was like, sure, I will, let me just coach you. Let me give you like the rundown. If you have any questions, I will walk you through everything I know. And their first month, they made $10,000. Wow. And it felt so good because before then they were um, homeless. Mm. They had no job and they were unable to work because of disability. Mm -hmm. And introducing them to phone sex changed their life and changed their financial status. And that is what made me realize I wanted to do consulting is that I realized there is so much money in this world and so many people willing to not waste it, but give it away. Mm Mm-hmm. And if I could help someone get that money who needs it, who might not have another avenue to get money, well, fuck, let me do it. I want (laughs) to help people make that bag. Mm -hmm. And that is what made me kind of interested in consulting is watching my friends over and over again, each friend that I had, because all of them started getting interested, (laughs) um, have wild success. I was like, okay, so obviously I know what I'm doing. Obviously, I know how to build a character. Even the f- people who had been doing phone sex, phone sex operators started coming to me on the site <laughs> because my my reviews and my numbers were going up so high that people started noticing. So older phone sex operators were like, hey, can you help me? And I was like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized I could. And that kind of just led way into consulting and I fleshed it out more and I built kind of a method 
and yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's so amazing yeah it makes me think about how maybe it would be a fairly good form of sex work for someone to get into if they don't have a lot of finances to begin with because it seems like the overhead is pretty low for getting into it yeah it is it is very low I mean all you need is a phone you you don't even have to have the like the bluetooth mic I mean all you need is your phone if you have your phone and you have a quiet space I can get you money (laughs) that's what I like to say like your success is my success and it makes me happy to see people successful making money doing things that they thought they couldn't do living a life they thought they couldn't live Mm -hmm. are there any qualities or traits a person could have that you think would make them a particularly good candidate to be a phone sex operator absolutely if you feel like you're a social butterfly or you're one of those people who say man I just can't shut up (laughs) you're (laughs) (laughs) phone sex just might be for you (laughs) because I find it is really just being social the sex comes naturally, surprisingly. It it comes very easily. People will go, oh, I'm not that sexy. I'm not good at it. And I'm just like, no, you don't understand. You don't have to be that sexy. All you have to do is talk. And the sex appeal is there because they like your voice. And mm-hmm. once you hear that, oh, they like my voice, it kind of just flows naturally. And if it doesn't, let's practice me and you together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I get a lot of questions from people about dirty talk and phone sex. And a lot of them are just like, I feel like I wouldn't know what to say. And I mean, I always tell them if you can afford to take an improv class, like, I feel like that was like the most helpful thing for me. Oh, but absolutely. Also, it's just like, it's it's not as scary as it initially seems because yeah conversations ideally are are two-way street you're not usually having to like support the entire thing by yourself (laughs) usually you're getting some like input or or feedback or ideas or whatever and if you have good chemistry then yeah it can it can just flow exactly exactly and that chemistry is really that's all you need I think the one thing I would really want to stress is Being a phone sex operator may sound scary, but it's not, it's not scary. It's, it's as simple as having a conversation. And sometimes that conversation just gets a little spicier than usual. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your stories and wisdom with us, Sage. Uh, Where can people find you online if they want to uh, partake of your services as an operator or a consultant so you can find me on my website sagemonroe.me um you can find me on instagram as sage.monroe or tiktok (laughs) sage.monroe and twitter too (laughs) you can find me as sagemonroe ho (laughs) h-e-a-u-x and yeah, that's where you can find me. And I will be excited to hear from anyone who wants to reach out. Awesome. I've been Kate Sloan. I'm at katesloan.com. I have a book called 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. My co-host usually is Billy Lore. You can find him at billylore.com, Billy Lore on Twitter. 
or on Patreon at patreon.com slash the dildorks. I want to say thank you to our top tier Patreon supporters, MB, Amy, Amelia, Nat, and Stabatha Christie. Thank you to Protodome, who did our theme song. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. Thank you to our wonderful guest, Sage Monroe. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. So, um, I am a fandom, mm-hmm. and I find that my phone is ringing. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> Um, I hope my fiance gets that. Um, I'm going to let it finish ringing and then okay. I'll answer the rest. It just, it just keeps going. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. We are talking about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now it's done. Okay. So thank you yeah. so much. I had so much fun. Yay. I'm glad I had fun too. This was great. It really was. I'm so excited. I can't wait till this comes out. I'm going to like put it everywhere. I'm like, I was on a podcast, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> 